0: I think Travis was asking, because he wants to pre-record some sound effects with his mouth.
1: <laughs> it's, it's the audio version of animated GIFs. I, I guess very, from very early on in the relationship, there is um, more of a willingness or desire on their part to listen to our advice. Even before we're, you know, we've signed a contract and we're working on a project, um, you know, because as part of our process with any any person who comes to us, um, you know, we give advice throughout that process, whether we close a deal or not, and so they're more apt to to uh, to kind of engage in that process, yeah, because there's already there's a certain level of trust that's already built. They've gotten past that initial question mark in their heads of can this company help us. And they're past that because they're, they're at least somewhat convinced of that because they know that we're the right kind of company.
2: That's my guest, Travis Northcutt, talking about how his clients treated him differently after he focused his business on a single expensive problem. I spoke with Travis and his business partner, Michael Steele, about their journey towards having a more narrow focus in their business. This was a particularly interesting interview for me because Travis and Michael walked me through the entire process from end to end starting with the decision around what to focus on, the early uncertainty and fear, the market research, and the implementation and results. I'm Philip Morgan, and this is the Consulting Pipeline podcast, where we talk about building your consulting pipeline through positioning, education-based content marketing, and marketing automation. Well, hey, Travis and Michael. Um, Welcome. Uh, Let's start by you uh, letting the listeners know who you are and what you do.
0: There we go. All right. Uh, My name is Michael Steele. I am one of the founding partners here with Travis of the Bright Agency. And we have just recently become a consulting group that works with membership and subscription-based websites and helps them get more customers and keep customers longer and all that.
1: Nice. Travis, how about you? Uh yeah, my name's Travis Northcutt. Uh like Michael said, we're we're partners at the Bright Agency. And um we've been uh, been together for about four and a half, five years. And like Michael said, we've we've recently um sort of specialized a lot more in membership and subscription businesses. Mm. And our focus is on um, on increasing membership and decreasing churn, uh basically just uh Helping, helping the bottom line. Of those mm-hmm.
2: Okay, great. So, uh, I'm curious, how did you guys get started, um, working for yourselves?
1: We started when, uh, I believe Michael was, uh, doing some graphic design work many years ago. He had a client mm-hmm. who, uh, who needed a website and I had had a little bit of experience with that and said, Hey, I can, I could help with that. hmm. And, uh, so we, we kind of worked on that project together and then I don't even remember how got another, another project. Um, and the, at the time this was sort of, you know, on the side for both of us. Mm-hmm. Um, we got, got another project, another client who we've actually still got, we still do work with them and oh, wow. um, just kind of snowballed from there. And for a long time we were, you know, sort of the typical design and development, uh, building sites for people, not, mm-hmm. you know very generic not specialized Mm -hmm. Um, did that for a long time
2: so were you guys freelancers when you when you started working together or was it like a side gig from a day job or
1: uh for me it was a it was the first sort of side thing i started doing um something else i I was doing before and for michael it was it was a side gig from a day job
0: Yeah. yeah okay yeah I was moonlighting and the day job that I had was so slow at times it would go through seasons of uh, just sitting at my desk and waiting for someone to walk in the office and so
2: uh-huh.
0: it left a lot of opportunity just to you know explore some other things that I enjoy doing and design was one of those things and, so very thankful for that because it turned into something pretty great.
2: That's great. So in your first year working together, what kind of projects did you, did you guys take on?
1: Sort of your typical, um, you know, the, the term some people use is like brochure website. Okay. So sort of your typical small business website. And not all small business clients, some, um, some sort of government-ish organizations here in town. Um, but yeah, just a typical like informational website where they would come to us, they wanted a redesign, we'd design it and build it, uh, using WordPress typically. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, very, very typical generic sort of small business type websites.
2: How did you find, uh, most of your customers
0: at that point
1: in your business? Um, I would say a hundred percent word of mouth. Michael, is that, I yeah.
0: mean, yeah, absolutely. We didn't do any advertising. Um, we, had some initial connections with some people around town. Yeah. That snowballed into more referrals.
2: Mm-hmm. So when you say word of mouth, did you, are you, do you really mean referrals or, or a little bit of people hearing about you?
1: Um, yeah, I think almost a hundred percent referrals. Yeah. Just, um, okay.
2: Yeah. So how long did, did you, you know, kind of keep operating in that mode where you were just doing, general brochure websites, general WordPress, and design work? Uh,
1: man, for a long time, my memory is a little little fuzzy. Um, okay. I would say, what, probably three and a half years, Michael, four years before we started kind of doing some more specialized stuff? Is that?
0: Yeah. No, I mean, <clears throat> we even still have some residual work mm-hmm. like that. Uh, but you know, for most of our time together, it's, it's been that.
2: So what would have been a, a large and a small project, um, for you guys?
0: Definitely,
1: definitely changed a lot from when we first started oh, okay. to, uh, to, you know, maybe like six months or a year ago, but, uh, more recently a large project may have been, um, in the low five figures mm-hmm. say, and then, a you know, a small one would have maybe been in the, um, you know, low, lower to mid four figures. That's okay, it. it's vaguely nice. accurate. Yeah. Oh.
2: Okay. <clears throat> You're doing something different now than you were when you started out. Now, now you have a focus on membership sites, right? Mm-hmm. And, and specifically WordPress-based membership sites. Is that yes. right? Yes. Okay. Yes, that is, and
1: that's that, that, that's partially because that's where our experience is, and partially just because um, that's that's a thing that people look for. You know. So. Okay, so specific need
2: for the folks at home who don't know what what is a membership site.
1: So a membership site could be really runs a pretty wide range of things. Uh, It could be anything from an educational site. So a lot of people are familiar with Treehouse. I like to use that example. Uh, Team Treehouse, I think, is their URL. Mm -hmm. So that's where you can learn to code, and um, I think that's their main focus is programming. Okay, Um, it could be that to anything. There's a lot of subscription services, um, like Dollar Shave Club, is something people are familiar with. That's sort of like a membership site. Oh, okay. Or other sites where you pay and they send you something each month. Or it's it's usually either content based or physical goods. That's that's the most common, but it can also be access to a community of people, that kind of thing.
2: Okay, so you may have some kind of login, and you're yes. pa- you're paying to get access to something. That's
1: typical. Yeah, you're paying access on a recurring basis. Whatever okay. That monthly or annually. And um, yeah, usually something you are interacting with, you know, on a somewhat frequent basis.
2: Okay. Yeah. So how did you guys choose that?
1: Somewhat by happenstance. So we got some experience working with membership sites. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just somebody came to us that, that knew us that we already had a business relationship with and they were launching a new site it was going to be a membership site. We hadn't done that before, but said, yeah, we can, we can help with that. Mm-hmm. So we helped them build the site and launch it and kind of liked it. And, um, also liked some, some of the aspects of membership sites, um, are that, you know, as, as you are trying to make improvements to them, you can do a lot of things that are quantifiable. So oh, okay. uh, there's, you know, there's very, so you can make objective decisions basically on, on uh, improving um improving a lot of the metrics that you, you know, mm-hmm. that you'd want to look at so that that was a particularly attractive part of it right and a
0: lot of the uh the stuff that we had started doing that we enjoyed things like conversion rate optimization uh email marketing the we we kind of realized as we were doing those types of projects and working on some of these smaller membership projects that those worked really well together. Mm -hmm. And we, Mm -hmm. we were starting to, you know, just feel like we needed to recommend these types of services to membership sites. It's just, it's a good fit because like Travis said, you can quantify results for them. You can really track, uh, the, the revenue and the, the stuff that that's going to make their site and their company grow.
2: It sounds like there were some skills that you guys had that, that matched with what this type of client needs. Yes. And, yeah. uh, and you even enjoyed doing those things. <laughs> nice. What, uh, I mean, what kind of pushed you towards picking something and, and focusing on it? Uh, it sounds like your business was, was going okay or going fine. I mean, you guys were do, had been doing thing, doing okay for three, three and a half years. What, what, uh, you know, what was the occasion for changing that?
1: Um, w- wanting to take, it's a really cliche term, but wanting to take it to the next level. Okay. You know, we, we, we're doing okay, but not great. Mm-hmm. Um, not, not where we wanted to be by right. any means. And, um, you know, really, uh, really gotten tired of, especially one-off projects. Right. Um, where somebody comes to you, you know, they're a, a hot lead cause they, you Know it's a referral, mm-hmm. it's great. You know, you, you uh, make a decent profit on the project, but then that's it. And so, you have this, you know, this great relationship that you know, maybe some people focus on doing, um, you know, maybe a maintenance agreement and stuff like that, right? But honestly, that's not, uh, you know, it's not what it wasn't very interesting or, or attractive to us. I see, um. And so, yeah, just a, kind of a weariness of, of one-off projects and wanting to do something um, where we can build a relationship with somebody over time and keep adding value over and over, not just one time. So th- that, was a, that was a big part of it.
0: I, w- I would add, too, that I feel like the first three years of our company was us keeping our head above water. Right. If you had a metaphorical image, that's what it looked like. And you know, for us, we neither of us had real business experience running an agency like this. Mm -hmm. And so for us, that was a success in my mind.
3: Sure.
0: Um, That we weren't failing. We were able to pay our bills and feed our kids. and um, It was going well, but we did reach the point where we were ready to kind of move out of our comfort zone and, like Mm -hmm. Travis said, move on to that next era of what we were doing and really start scaling some of this you know, these projects and getting better, more recurring business.
2: Yeah,
1: I see. And more building a, a business as opposed to just building jobs that mm-hmm. we go and work in and then don't have any kind of asset after, you know, after a year of, of effort, you know, it's still just what we're trading our, our time for.
2: Yeah. Well, people who've read more than two sentences on my website know that I'm a big fan of <laughs> choosing a focus and positioning your mm-hmm. your company, but I'm going to play devil's advocate for a minute because, um, I hear what you're saying about wanting to scale and, and kind of have like, start making bigger, uh, amounts of revenue and taking things to the next level. But what I don't hear you saying exactly is why choosing a focus is something that's going to make that happen for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, now of course I believe it is but <laughs> pretend that I don't for a minute. Sure. What uh what's the relationship there between having a focus and having these longer term relationships and and so forth?
1: Right. So I think one of the one of the big things is that having that focus means that we can be the go-to guys for whatever our focus is. So for okay. us right now that's membership sites.
2: Are are there other go-to people for membership sites out there? Yeah, there
1: there there are, there are a few that okay. we've seen. Um Another aspect of that is that we don't just say, "Hey, we do membership sites or we do WordPress membership sites, but we do conversion optimization for okay. membership sites that I don't know if anybody else I haven't been able to find anyone else who who focuses on that. okay. Uh, I'd love to know if there is because I'd like to see what they're doing too <laughs> but um but but yeah, so that that really narrow focus means that when somebody has a membership site. And they have sort of reached a, you know, a plateau where they're not growing. And if they mention that to somebody who knows about us,
3: mm-hmm.
1: of course they're going to recommend us because that's what we do. And who else would they recommend? Um, and we've already kind of had that experience. Um, mm-hmm. e- we've even had that experience just as being the recommended expert for a membership site, not, not even our, our more specific focus of conversion optimization.
2: So you, you've already seen – you've already been on sort of the receiving end of being the go-to guys for, for membership site work?
1: Yes, uh, even in the – just in the past, I don't know, two, three months, how, which is oh, – go
2: ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, how is, that, how is that different on your end than being a generalist and, and being like a great WordPress company?
1: Huh, how is that different? Do,
2: do, do, how do clients treat you differently or do, or do they treat you differently?
1: yeah so um the the one particular example in the past few months we had somebody who they were having trouble getting a site launched a uh, previous developer you know couldn't couldn't help them get mm-hmm. to the finish line they talked to to someone who um, who knows a lot of of people in this in a sort of arena and and recommended them that that they talk to us mm-hmm. and so the difference there is they come to us with a very specific need <clears throat> excuse me and um, sort of already know that we are the people who can help them you know um, who, who can serve that need so, and so it's not right. an if it's not can you help me or uh, can you convince me that you can help me it's hey can you please help me because oh, I have this need interesting. Yeah. yeah so it's a difference between hey I have this project you know why don't you pitch me and try to, try to sell me versus hey I have this project and you're the person I need to help me wow yeah. Uh,
2: that's pretty powerful. Have you, have you seen, uh, any difference in your close rate for, uh, proposals or quotes?
1: Yeah, I would, I would say so. Um, the, the caveat to that is we, we do with this focus, we have gotten a fair number of, um, leads who we don't end up closing, but by choice on our end, mm-hmm. sure. um, so that's that's maybe the the flip side, but that's a good problem to have that you get a bunch, you know more leads in general because you're you're focused mm-hmm. um, so people are coming to you with a specific need, and so there are some times where you know they don't have the budget or it's just not a you know not a project that we want to work on yeah for whatever reason, but yeah, leads that we want to close I'd say our our close rate has has increased yeah or if no, or if nothing else has stayed the same while we've been able to to increase our fee. So. My,
2: Michael what has the experience been like for you to, to start operating as a specialist rather than a generalist
0: for me I, I keep thinking it's just been freeing for me um, in terms of just how we're positioning ourselves and marketing ourselves um, when we're doing when we're creating content for our site to, mm-hmm. to market ourselves it's just I feel like we've been kind of held back up into this point mm-hmm. because we were so generalized, uh-huh. um, which seems almost counterintuitive, but uh, it was like, once we really narrowed down our focus, I felt like we could really key in on that and dig deep into that focus more. And I don't know, it's just, I, I got more excited about that type of work mm-hmm. and really digging our heels into it. And, you know, I just knew that was, I knew that was the right move already. And it was once we were able to put the wheels in motion for it and actually start making those changes and specializing, it was like, all right, we're doing the right thing and happy that we're moving in that direction.
2: Oh, that's interesting. So, yeah, you what know, you said freeing mm-hmm. and i I know from talking to a lot of people about this that Or actually, I know from my own experience of being a generalist for five years that that's what felt like freedom to me was like, oh, um, I can do a project on that involves some website copy, and then I can, you know, do a white paper, and then I can, um, you know, do some an instructional manual, and it was all these different disciplines that I was uh, enjoying uh, dabbling with. All those. And that's what felt like freedom to me,
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. but you're talking about a different
2: kind of freedom. it sounds like
0: yeah, I think it was just that we would look at the way we were positioning ourselves and marketing ourselves, mm-hmm. and it just seemed it seemed too generic it didn't seem like we were really um, communicating what our our advantages were and what our what our company's assets were for people and oh. I think that was just holding us back in a lot of ways is holding us back for being able to charge higher rates and mm-hmm. get better projects and better clients. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we've started, um, kind of packaging some of our consulting services. And mm-hmm. once we were, once we had decided on a, on a more narrow focus, that got more exciting because I knew that was such a, targeted service for this for this group of people these groups of of sites yeah yeah, i don't know i just i it it felt like we were making a good move (laughs) Mm -hmm. and moving out of something that was holding us back and so yeah uh, once we started moving in that direction it it felt like i said it felt freeing
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah did either of you have any kind of sense of fear like oh what if this is not the right thing to focus on or, or what if there's only three membership sites out there and (laughs) after all three of them hire us, we're out of work.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we, uh, I I know I definitely did. Um, and we talked about that a good bit before Mm -hmm. we really made the leap. Um, and you know, a few things we did to address that. We we talked to several people, got, you know, expert advice on, on doing this. Mm -hmm and um
2: indeed yeah. did you talk to other people who are doing this kind of work or who, who a, did you go to bit. for help
1: yeah a, a little bit people mm-hmm. who are doing this kind of work also nice. you know i mentioned earlier a client who was recommended to us by some by someone we talked to that person uh who he has a lots of experience in membership uh sites especially in uh bigger enterprise level stuff but so he mm-hmm. has a, a kind of a his finger on the pulse of, of that kind of thing and uh, some other people who had made the leap just in terms of specializing,
3: mm-hmm. um,
1: but even mm-hmm. with all that, I still felt plenty of fear Sure. about, is this okay? Is this the right audience? Is this the right focus for us? Right. But the reality is that we, even like Michael mentioned earlier, we're still, we're doing work. That's not this focus. We're still doing, you know, sort of residual work from just, you know, referrals or, or you know, wherever it comes from. Mm hmm that's more generic and that's fine. And we can keep doing that as long as we want to, or as long as we need to um, uh-huh. while we ramp up more with our, our more focused work. So those fears were, were basically unfounded.
2: Yeah. So are you saying, well, okay, that, that's, let me just ask it more as an open ended question. How did you handle the transition um, from, you know, let's say on day one of your, you've decided this is the new focus membership sites how did you transition, you know, it sounds like you, you have had a somewhat gradual transition. How have mm-hmm. you managed that?
0: I would say the biggest, like, physical transition was our website. Okay. So when it when it felt like it was official is when we started just changing the language and copy on our website. Because ah. right? we don't have a ton of pipelines to mm-hmm. get in touch with us. Mm-hmm. And so like we said earlier, a lot of our work was uh, referrals and previous clients and and stuff like that. So that was never, you know, we didn't have to turn that faucet off.
2: I see. Okay.
0: Um, We, we started changing our language on our site Mm -hmm. and with some of our materials, you know, we've got some drip email courses on there to try and pull some people in and Mm -hmm. start conversations. And so, you know, we, we started changing some of that. Uh, but really, it, internally is when we really started make you know that's where we really start seeing the effects of making the change because we started talking together about 2015 and what that's going to look like for us mm-hmm. and what our what our typical client needs to look like and how much money should we expect to to make with that client and right. you know it, it just changed a lot of the ways we were approaching leads and saying yes or no to projects and and a lot of that's still certainly materializing it's been like a month and a half so So. none of that is perfected or or solidified at this point it's just those are the types of conversations that have happened since we've made that change that's really been different for us
1: and another thing there that, you know, like Michael said, some of that is still solidifying, mm-hmm. but th- this kind of goes back to what he, he mentioned earlier that I hadn't even consciously thought of. You know, he talked about how, uh, how it's been very freeing. And I think a lot of that is because we now have a framework for making decisions. Um, so as things are still solidifying, we, we have a framework for making decisions about what we do. We oh. can look at who we're trying to serve and our goals and yeah. say, does this help us get there? Whereas before when we were generic, you know, if we wanted to get more leads, we knew we should do content marketing, right? Mm-hmm. You know, write content, put it on our site, get it out there. But it's sort of paralyzing because, okay, well what should we write about? I don't know, websites? That's <laughs> a generic, you know, that's such a stupid, like what are you mm-hmm. gonna do, tell a, write an article about? You should use colors on your website. You know, right, that's, right. that's, that's, that's valueless. Right. Whereas now we know exactly what we need to write about. We write about membership sites and how you grow them. And that's really specific and so there are specific things we can do to bring in more leads and we can make fra- decisions based on that framework. Does this help with this specific audience?
2: Oh, uh, that's interesting. Yeah, one of the pieces of advice for writing a book is to pretend like you're writing to some person you know, right? Yes, or right. a way to get kind of get past writer's block. Mm-hmm. And It sounds like that's actually what's happening every time you try to do any kind of content marketing. You know who you're writing to. Yes. It's not maybe a a specific person, but it's a specific type of person every time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's great. So it did it actually has it actually made it Mm -hmm. easier to sort of increase your rate of producing good marketing content stuff that you really feel good about.
1: (laughs) Yeah, definitely so so far. Yeah, this this month we've published uh, twice on our site, and the last time we'd published twice in a month before that was I don't know, never.
2: We're probably going to guess the first month you started blogging. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, probably. (laughs) That's how it is for most people. Yeah, they have a good first month, and then it falls off after there. Definitely. (laughs) That so, what has been the have? I mean, I know we're pretty early on into you executing on this this new focus, Mm -hmm. but. what's been the results of just the marketing the the new approach to marketing where it's more focused
0: i uh i've noticed that we we do have this one lead source that comes from a a platform that you know wordpress it's a plugin for wordpress that uh-huh. people can use for their creating a membership site yeah. and um you know we've we've had a, a relationship with them for the last year or so and so we're kind of a recommended developer for some of their customers Oh,
3: cool!
0: and so we get a lot of leads maybe you know five to eight leads a week from that and i've just noticed that um people are quicker to say yes to our our proposals or uh-huh. estimates that we give them I, I think they come in and see on our site that we're you know we're wordpress membership guys and
2: yeah
0: i think that really that's all they need to see it for some of them
2: Interesting. Okay. And that's just from your website copy changes?
0: Yeah. Yeah. We've really switched over just all the, you know, our, our landing page for that specific lead source and and also Mm -hmm. for uh, just our homepage and and other areas of our site are just way more targeted to those, to those people. And so obviously they're going to, that's going to resonate better and be a little bit more powerful of a, you know, a credibility source. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's like when you go to a a conference and you never, or a meeting you're supposed to be at and you've never been to the facility before. And you kind of look around to see if the other people there look like you look at their name tags. Right. Uh And then you you have that, you know, when you're in the right place, right. You just, you feel it right away. I I suspect it's like that with your, your clients.
1: Yeah, definitely.
2: Your new clients. Um, But what about you, Travis, are you seeing, uh, differences and how people respond to the marketing that you have had a chance to do over the last month or two?
1: You know, I think we're, we're still early enough in it that I I couldn't perceive a difference in how they respond to the marketing, Sure, but I I can perceive a difference in how they respond once we're engaged with them.
2: And and what's, I think you spoke to that before, but what's the difference?
1: Yeah. Just that they are coming, um, I I guess from very early on in the relationship, Mm -hmm. there is, um, more of a willingness or desire on their part to listen to our advice oh. uh, even before we're you know we've signed a contract and we're working on a project, mm. um, you know because as part of our process with any any person who comes to us, um, you know we give advice throughout that process, whether we close a deal or not, and so they're more apt to to uh, to kind of engage in that process, yeah, because there's already there's a certain level of trust that's already built. They've gotten past that initial question mark in their heads of, can this company help us? And they're past that because they're, they're at least somewhat convinced of that because they know that we're the right kind of company.
3: Are you
2: guys more or the same uh, in terms of your confidence level? What's happened with that? Has that changed at all since you've narrowed down your focus?
1: Um, yeah, I would say so. And part of that is Uh, goes back to that sort of decision framework that i mentioned Mm -hmm. because we can confidently yeah we we assess we assess uh, the quality of the lead now Mm -hmm. much more confidently. for instance Um, we can look at and say does this help us achieve our goals and what we want to do over the course of the next year three years five years Mm. uh, is this the right focus Um, and it's easier now to to decide if that's a yes or a no Mm
0: -hmm. yeah i would I would add, you know, I, I think we're, we're comp- more confident in a running a business sense, oh. not necessarily in our skill set, although that's going to happen because we're going to become even more of experts in this, in this field, in this right. area of business. And so that will certainly change our confidence down the road. But immediately within this first month and a half, like Travis said, it's just changed our confidence in how we're running our business. And I know when I talk to people now and answer that wonderful small talk question at parties, (laughs) I feel a lot better about answering that question. Whereas before it it was just, it felt so generic and and undefined in a lot of ways.
2: Mm -hmm. Oh, interesting. Why do you think that is? What's what's different about, I mean, aren't you concerned that people are going to be bored by hearing that you're a, you know, a membership site guy or (laughs) however you introduce yourself?
0: They'd be bored either way, I'm sure. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I think I can sort of paint a picture for them because everyone's familiar with these Mm -hmm. types of sites. They're probably members of a a site for themselves. You know, they may be a Dollar Shave Club member. And I Uh can use that as an example. I said, I can Uh, say, we work with sites like theirs to get them more customers and you know it's just it's in my opinion and i and i would assume for other people too it's it's more interesting to me to dig down to that level mm-hmm. in these types of conversations than just a uh oh, i'm a web developer or i'm a, a designer and yeah yeah that's a conversation killer usually anyway
2: yeah i guess that um that general label kind of puts the the burden on on the person you're talking to to say, oh, what's, the-? well, they're not going to say what's that because everybody knows these days what a web mm. developer is, what a designer is. So they're going to say, how about the game last weekend? Right. <laughs> 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 yeah. That's, that's really cool. So you, you kind of show them more in a more specific way who you are and you're finding that they actually are interested in, in hearing about membership sites as a result.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's it's, very. It's cool. easier to talk about.
2: Very cool. as you guys look, you know, down the road a year or two, do you does that fear come up that you've you know pigeonholed yourself in a in a way that's going to hurt you down the road, or what does the future look like to you?
1: I, I, I certainly don't have that fear, and part of that is because um, if if we. You know, once we um, sort of solidify this move and have been doing this for a while, mm-hmm. if we find that it's either something we're not enjoying because it's because of the type of people or it's just or there's not enough work in the specific, you know, focus. Mm-hmm. We've done it once. We can do it again. Right. Um, you know, we can always either shift our focus somewhere else or once we've established ourselves here, we can bring on another another area that we uh, that we specialize in. Right. Um, so yeah, it's it's uh, kind of goes back to the freeing thing. Like we now we've we've done it. You know we've jumped in. The water's fine, and we can do it again. So
3: oh,
2: that's cool. Yeah. It's like a skill <laughs> that you've developed yeah, that you, you can use again if you have to.
1: Yeah, and another another interesting thing here is that um, uh, you know I thought of this earlier. We you know we were already doing this kind of work for for some clients. Um, just we just weren't making it our main you know kind of what we shout from the mountaintops right so the, the thing that changed here isn't our skill set it's just how we talk about it oh it's just to highlight and so you know a lot of people might think oh well i can't you know I'm, I, I can't call myself an expert in that you know and, and maybe you maybe some people can't maybe they mm. don't have something they can call themselves an expert in but a lot of people probably do they just don't focus on that one specific thing right you know? So, what changes isn't isn't necessarily your skill set, although it will change rapidly once you specialize, because mm-hmm. that's the work you'll be doing. Yeah, uh, which has its own benefits. So,
2: what advice would you give to other people who were, you know, in the same kind of situation you were in a year ago? Um, how would you advise that they go about this process of getting to the next level?
1: Um, I would say to look at. Look at the types of clients you've been working with, and this is making some assumptions about you know people generally doing kind of web web type work right? okay yeah um, look at the types of clients that you've that you've been working with um, look for the ones that you've en- enjoyed mm-hmm. the ones that you felt like have been uh, more profitable
3: mm-hmm.
1: and look for common threads there um, and do an honest assessment of do you have You know, expert level or close to expert level skills in in that particular area, and if Mm -hmm. so, do it. And if not, find more clients, build those skills, and then do it. Um, But like I said earlier, you know, even once you've announced, sort of announced in quotes that focus, you can still take work that's not that focus. So it doesn't have to be an all or nothing, you know, leaping off
2: a cliff kind of thing. Mm -hmm. What about you, Michael? What what would your advice be?
0: I would say do the groundwork ahead of time. To, to make sure that it is a, you know, if you're talking about a specific audience or a specific service, make sure there's a need for it mm-hmm. um, as much as you can. And the way we did that is, like Travis said, we talked to some people that are experts in this arena, and uh, we we did some scouring on the Internet to, to see what was out there and just to make sure that you aren't, pigeonholing yourself into something that's going to run out of steam or Mm -hmm. is not going to produce enough work for you. Mm -hmm. Um, that was, you know, a big, a big factor in in helping us, you know, push over, push over the edge and and make this move. Uh, and another thing was try and find an industry or a client type that's willing to spend money with you. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Cause (laughs) you know, we've being a generic web design team for several years we've we've had some project with some realtors and uh lawyers and mm-hmm. the types that aren't going to spend twenty five thousand dollars with you over the next year mm-hmm. and what's that, that's what we needed to go to the to the next level yeah I and see. so you know you you got to kind of assess the types of clients you want to work with within this focus Um, are these the types, are you going to be able to find enough people to pay you that much money that Mm -hmm. it would be enough value for them to justify spending that? Interesting. Uh, Those those were some things that we kind of worked through as we were making this decision.
2: Before we wrap up, I had one quick question that was brought up by what you just said, Michael, you guys talked to, uh, I'm I'm putting air quotes around the word competition here. <laughs> you talk to your competition, mm. right, or your your soon to be competition about mm. the um, the general market that you were getting into, or rather the the specific niche market you were getting into. Did were they guarded, or were they like, "Ooh, you guys are our competition. We don't want to talk to you about this."
1: No, not at all. I mean, um, th- there's there's plenty of work for people who are who are good at what they do. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, the at least the people that I know that I've you know that I've talked to in the sort of in the WordPress world who, who do this kind of work aren't. Um, they're they're really skilled and they're in demand. And mm-hmm. So there's no, there's no feelings of oh you're going to steal my work.
2: Right. Yeah. Nice.
1: Yeah. Not at all. Cool. Well,
2: um, how can the folks at home find out more about uh, your company and you guys individually?
1: Um, our, our website is brightagency.net. We're one of those really cool businesses with the .NET domain. Um, so that's where you can the, find
0: us. The .com is a really cool illustrations agency over in Europe. You should check them out too. They, actually.
1: Yeah, they're, they're specialized as well. Yes, yeah,
0: <laughs> they're very cool. It's like children's children's books and pictures. And it's, they're actually very talented. Nice.
1: Um, so yeah, that's, that's our website. And then... Um, uh, I'm fairly active on Twitter uh t northcut and uh, I talk about talk about this kind of stuff uh somewhat on there but uh, cool. but not not a lot on there two
2: two t's at the end of northcut right two
1: t's at the end of northcut you got it
0: and yeah. you can you can find me on Twitter I'm not as active I, I lurk a lot but if you know if someone who is listening has questions and wants to make a, a move like this um, feel free to email one of us my my email is michael at bright net, and i love talking about this kind of stuff to people so
1: yeah thank cool. you definitely uh, welcome any any questions any emails about this
2: well guys thanks for talking to me about it really appreciate uh, hearing what it's like out there in the real world <laughs> of course yeah. thanks for thank having you. us you yeah. bet That's it for this episode of the Consulting Pipeline podcast. Thanks to my guests, Travis Northcutt and Michael Steele. Again, you can find Travis and Michael online at brightagency.net at consultingpipelinepodcast.com. I'm Philip Morgan, and I hope to see you again next time.